The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest, the legendary Dr. Bill Dorfman, who is a celebrity cosmetic dentist, has been practicing for over 30 years in Beverly Hills, and he had a career on parallel to any other dentist in history. He has transformed the smiles of celebrities such as Katy Perry, Usher, Anthony Hopkins, Fergie, Michael Strahan, Jessica Simpson, Mark Wahlberg, and others. Dr. Bill was the only dentist featured on ABC's hint show Extreme Makeover and currently a recurrent guest, co-host on CBC Emmy-awarded daytime talk show, The Doctors. Dr. Bill Dorfman was the one who found Zoom whitening and Bright Smile, and also he has become successful and well-known in the world. So what makes him so successful and how did he become so successful? What is success according to Dr. Bill Dorfman? Let's find out in this episode. But before we begin, I wanted to share something with you guys. I recently discovered an app. It's called Wisdom and I highly recommend you to download it. I will be talking and giving my expertise on Wisdom app this Thursday at 2 p.m. EST. And I will explain why and what makes Wisdom special from any other apps. What makes Wisdom special is the nature of its social graph. Clubhouse is a messy talk graph focused on anyone of interest. LinkedIn is the social graph of colleagues, whereas Wisdom is the social graph of mentors. The Wisdom social graph is differentiated from the LinkedIn graph. It's more aspirational version of that graph where you follow people a few levels higher than yourself, your mentors, people who advise and network are relevant to your career and growth, people who could never access your existing network, and you can discover them on Wisdom, you can get their advice. So I highly recommend you guys to download the Wisdom app. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hello, Dr. Bill Dorfman. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. So glad and honored to have you on. 
and we would love to learn more about you. How did you become so successful and well-known? What is your secret? Ah, uh, my secret, I say work hard. You know, I, uh, I teach a motivational leadership program for high school and college students. Uh, these are students aged 25, uh, uh, 15 to 25 at UCLA, it's called LEAP. And we basically teach kids skills to be successful in life. And we get great, great, great speakers there. Uh, Paula Abdul, Mark Wahlberg, Michael Strahan, Hannah Brown from The Bachelor, Kathy Bates, Anthony Hopkins. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal program. And kids always come up to me and say, Dr. Bill, what's the secret of success? And I say, it's not a secret. You need to work your buns off. That's the secret. It's hard work. I mean, you too. I mean, how do you make your show successful? You work hard, you know? And these kids, I feel like they want a pill they can swallow that makes them successful. It just doesn't happen that way. So true. And how did you decide to become a dentist? How did you get inspired? Uh, I, I like to say I kind of fell into it. When I was a kid, I fell down literally fell down and I knocked out my baby teeth and I had to have a bunch of surgeries and whatnot. We just had a really great family dentist. And so, yeah, I guess most kids would be scared. I just was really intrigued by the whole thing. And when he fixed me up, I thought, you know, I want to do this for people. And so it kind of stuck. I was three years old and, you know, everybody always said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, a dentist. And I just kind of followed through. It was my childhood dream. I wanted to become a dentist or general surgeon, and I loved it so much. But I mean, overall, over time, of course, I didn't pursue it, but it was my huge dream before. Instead, you became a blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you start your career and what helped your success? Oh my gosh, so many things. I mean, uh, I basically went to dental school. I graduated dental school. I was the youngest graduate pretty much in the whole United States because I was in a, an accelerated three-year program. And so when I graduated, I thought, you know, I don't really want to open an office and then just be tied to this office the rest of my life. So I heard about a clinic in Switzerland and I decided to apply. The problem is they had 400 applicants and only one position. And I was determined to be the one they picked. So I sent letters of recommendation. I started calling the director on a weekly basis. And when I realized that none of this was gonna make a difference, I just kind of said to him one day on the phone, and, and I tell kids at, at LEAP, you know, you will have life-defining moments. Sometimes you plan them, sometimes you don't. Sometimes they happen. Some, and I just, I don't even know where it came from. I said to him, I said, hey, can I take you to lunch? He's like, lunch? I said, yeah. He goes, but you're in San Francisco. I'm in Switzerland. I'm like, I don't care. I'll fly there, which is a joke because I was broke. I didn't even have a penny. But he said, yes, I figured out a way to pay for it. I flew to Switzerland and he hired me. And I think out of the 400 applicants, you know how many actually went there and met him in person? Me. So it worked. And I learned at a very early age that successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people are not willing to do. And if you really want to be successful in life, 
you need to do more. You need to have an edge. You need to have something that sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. So true. And there are so many dentists out there, but the best of the best become only few. And what sets you apart from others? I know, of course, your work and the results, but how did you achieve it and what helped you to achieve it? You know, I work really, really hard, you know, on my craft, on everything. You know, if kids come to my LEAP program and we try to teach them a lot, but if they only walk away with these two ideas, I feel I did my job. And the first one is don't wait for opportunities in life, make them. And the second one is once you get an opportunity, don't take it, master it. And that's really huge, you know? I mean, for instance, when ABC put me on Extreme Makeover, this was a great opportunity for me. This was the first time ever that dentistry was really shown in a very positive way on primetime TV at night. And I watched the first episode and I was appalled at how bad I was. I mean, I had never had any training. I didn't know how to be on TV. I mean, I, I knew how to be a dentist, but like I, I, I was, looked like a deer in headlights. It was horrible, you know? And I realized if I didn't do something, they would fire me. So I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompting classes. I hired the woman who worked with all the kids on American Idol and had her teach me how to do what we're doing right now, interview and talk to people and, and be a TV personality because this was not in my wheelhouse. And little by little, I got more and more comfortable to it to the point where, you know, I can do, I've been on the Tonight Show. I've been on, you know, every talk show on TV. And it doesn't, I know, I don't even get nervous. For me, it's just like, like, you know, going to the store. That's amazing. Yeah. So many people get hesitant to be on TV or just doing public speaking, but that's great that you went through all this, but how was the experience from being on TV? I mean, now you've been on so many different, I mean, shows, but how was it for you? Was it challenging at first? I mean, it was challenging, but you know how I told you about life-defining moments? Well, when ABC put me on Extreme Makeover, the first thing we did is we filmed the pilot, right? That's a test, right? So we filmed the pilot, they aired the pilot, and we tested super high. Like, it was one of the first reality shows. And so we immediately got picked up for the first season with 24 episodes. Now, they really didn't understand, like, what I could do as a dentist. On the pilot, I just did Zoom whitening. You know, I invented Zoom. And so they asked me to do Zoom whitening on three patients. So we did Zoom whitening. I whitened their teeth. And that was kind of what they thought the dentistry would be. I'm like, no, no, no. I can like change a person's whole life with their smile. So on the very first episode, I had a patient that needed to have 20 porcelain veneers. Her teeth were really dark and crooked and whatnot. So 10 uppers and 10 lowers, right? And so I was supposed to send ABC an invoice, and I did. And at the time, we were charging $1,500 a tooth, so it was $30,000. Well, they had a heart attack, and they called me right away. They're like, Dr. Bill, 
we had no idea it was going to be $30,000. We didn't budget for that. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? They said, well, can you just do three veneers? I'm like, no. Like, we're just going to have three white teeth and the rest black. Like, no. And I did another life-defining moment. And I had a deal with the producers. I said, listen, every single person on Extreme Makeover got paid really well. The hairstylist, the nutritionist, the plastic surgeons, the weight trainers, everybody. But me, I said, I'll tell you what. If you highlight Zoom whitening in every episode and give my lab, Da Vinci, credit, instead of just saying, pour some veneers, you say, Da Vinci veneers, because I didn't want to do the case and then have to pay $10,000 for the lab. I'll do all the dentistry for free. They said, fine. It was a life-defining moment. Why? I owned the whitening company with two partners. We grew our business the very first year. When we started, the first year I was in business, we did like $2 million, then $4 million, then $8 million, then six. We doubled in the, and we just kind of plateaued at like 76 million. We couldn't break that barrier. There were Crest White Strips and all these other products. The first year I did Extreme Makeover, we did $101 million in sales. The second year, 136. And the third year I was on the show, we did almost $200 million in sales. So ABC didn't pay me, but I got paid. That's wonderful, but you are the one who invented Zoom whitening, right? Yeah. And it's so popular. I mean, everyone gets it once a year. And how did you come up with that idea? Well, our, our, our very first product in like 1999 was called Night White. And Night White was a great product and we had it on the market for a few years. And then Bright Smile came out. And so we had to compete with this in-office that was really great. And so we started to develop a product without infringing on their patents that would also be in, in office. And at the end of the day, there was so much crossover that we ended up buying Bright Smile. So my company actually owned both Bright Smile and Zoom tooth whitening. So essentially we owned all of the popular in office light activated tooth whitening systems. That's very interesting because I had a lot of experience with whitening because, you know, I came to U.S. when I was 17 and I noticed that everyone here has such a white teeth and in Russia and Ukraine, people did not have it. I mean, now they do most of it, most of all, most of them because they have veneers and everything, but before they did not. And when I whitened my teeth at first and I came back to visit to Ukraine, people <laughs> were thinking that I have big teeth because they were so white and like it would stand out so much compared to others what is your why the reason which pushes you to excel everything i never had a why i was just born with like the pedal all the way to the floor like that's just how i came out i've always been that way even as a little kid you know if I don't know what, what motivates me. I don't know what drives me. I, I just, I came that way when <laughs> I remember I, I was a weird kid, you know, when I was in kindergarten, I'm what, five years old. 
I, I come home from kindergarten my first day and my parents said, you know, how was school? I said, you know, school is great, but the kids in my class are so immature. I was five. Who says that? You know, then a year later, I came home, I was six. And I said to my parents, we need a little conference. They're like, what do you mean a conference? I said, I need to have a conference. So they sit down and they said, well, what is this conference about? I said, well, I'm six. I know how to read. They said, yes, you do. I said, why do I have to go to school? I'll just read everything. And they're like, no, you still need to go to school. So I was like, okay. That's the other thing. I was a, such a non-rebellious kid. I never got in trouble my whole life, ever. Not once. Like I even asked my mom, I'm like, mom, did I ever get punished for anything? She goes, no. I just always did what I was supposed to do. I was like the little good boy that a lot of other kids hated because I never got, I, don't, I just had no desire to rebel. If my parents said, don't do that, I don't do it. If my curfew was 10 o'clock, I came home at 9.59, you know? I just did what I was supposed to do. I always figured that would be the easiest thing than making a big thing. And I still do that. I'm super easy. I just do what I'm supposed to do. Wow, that's wonderful. Not many people are like that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm weird. I'm super weird. I'm not normal. I know that. I've never been normal in my life. You know, I'll tell you something. This was a really funny episode. So I was on, I was on Oprah, right? And um, in 2006, and Oprah says, Dr. Bill, you've had a career unlike any other dentist in the world, in history, ever. You know, what inspires you to think so far outside the box? I had never even heard of that. It wasn't even part of our lexicon back then, think outside the box. And I, I looked at her and I said, what box? And we cracked up. I mean, that's my whole life. I've never had a box. You know, I meet all these kids and they're so afraid of failure. I've never in my life for even this much of a second worried about failing. Like, why? Just go do it. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I never fail ever, ever, ever. Because if I do something and it doesn't come out the way I want it to, I don't think I fail. I feel like I'm practicing. Now I'll do it better and then I'll do it again and I'll do it better and again and again and again until I get it right. You really only fail when you quit. And I'm so stubborn, I'll never quit. If I want to do something, I'll just keep doing it. So I don't look at all that as failure. I just look at that like practice. You just have to practice more. And you know, we all have this mindset, oh, practice makes perfect. No, it doesn't. Practice makes permanent. If you're doing it wrong over and over again, you're getting perfect at the wrong thing. You need to change. You need to get a mentor. You need to ask questions or go online and research. But don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect to succeed when you keep doing it the wrong way. I like the way you think that. Like I admire it because you're not afraid of actually the fail and 
you just suggest just practice it but also pivot if it doesn't work for you yeah you have to it just makes sense yeah you know it's very common right now veneers and and crowns what do you suggest for someone because you know some people i went to doctors i mean i I don't have veneers but i wanted to get them at some point one time and I was suggested that to get like, you know, 20 teas because if you smile, you have to have all of them ready. But some doctors suggest like just get a few because when you smile, just a few of them are showing in your practice, in your experience. What do you suggest? Do you suggest people to get veneers if they don't really need to or just like for the look or you don't suggest because is there natural teas like don't touch it? Just wait till it's you actually need it. Well, personally, I suggest being as conservative as possible. I mean, if you have beautiful teeth and you come in, I don't care what you offer to pay me. I'm not going to grind your teeth down into veneers. And it's happened. I mean, I've had people that will come in. They're very, very wealthy. And they say, you know, look, I want veneers. And I look in their mouth. I'm like, no. You don't need that. Actually, a lot of Russian women come to my office, you know, and these are gorgeous women and they marry these really, really rich men. So like money is no object and they come in and they want me to do this. And I I absolutely refuse. I mean, now, if they need it, I'm happy to do it. But if they don't need it, I'm not going to destroy a beautiful natural tooth you know, just because somebody asked me or because they have the money, it's wrong. I won't. I see. Yeah, I agree with you. (laughs) By the way, the Russian women who come to the U.S. for all this plastic surgery and all this stuff, these are very hard patients. (laughs) Very demanding. They're the hardest patients in the world. Seriously. (laughs) And I've had, I've had patients from you know, from Turkey, from Spain, from Egypt, like everywhere, everywhere. These Russian women, they give you a real run for your money. Why they're so picky or some of them? Oh my gosh. Yes. So picky. Like the pickiest. It's a whole, it adds a whole new level to pickiness. I know. I kind of gave up on being too picky sometimes because I know, I mean, they, like so many plastic surgeons say, it's you can never get perfect. I mean, there's always imperfection, even like no matter how many times you try. So, I mean, there still will be something. So you just give up on it and just accept what it is or you will be just trying. Like one of my friends had rhinoplasty and she did it four times because it wasn't up to her standards. <laughs> yeah, and then it probably ended up, the end result was probably worse. You can't keep doing that over and over. Look what happened to Michael Jackson. Yeah. I mean, his nose fell off. At the end, he didn't even have a nose. He had to glue it on. Yeah, I know. So true. What is the biggest challenge you faced on the road to success? You know, this is a funny thing I'm going to tell you. The challenge is not the road to success. The challenge is to stay at the top. You know, like getting there. Yeah, it's that's a lot of work. But staying up there is even more work. 
And so I think that's the biggest challenge is, you know, once you get up there, staying up there. You're the best of the best. And do you have, I mean, of course you do. You have to learn new things all the time and stay on the top of all the trends. Like how much time do you spend learning all the time? Well, I mean, I read articles all the time. I go to courses throughout the year. You know, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to understand. I graduated dental school in 1983. 99% of what I do today wasn't even invented in, ni- in 1983. You know, implants, no. Veneers, no. Bonding, no. Whitening, no. Like none of that even existed when I was in dental school. So everything I'm doing, I had to learn post-dental school. What inspired you to write your bestseller, The Million Dollar Smile book? Hold on a second. (laughs) You mean Billion Dollar Smile? I mean Billion Dollar Smile, yeah. (laughs) So I was actually approached, approached by a literary agent, Jan Miller. And at the time, she worked with a guy named Bill Phillips, who wrote Body for Life. And there are all these self-help books written by celebrities, but nobody ever did one on smiles. And so a good friend of mine, who's the co-author on the book, Paul Lombardi, um, was a writer. He was working at New York One News. And he said, look, I'll write the book with you. So he did. So Paul and I wrote the book. And... My goal was not to write a book. My goal was to write a New York Times bestseller. So before we even started, I did some research and I met a man named Michael Drew who has a company called Promote a Book. I said, listen, if I'm going to do this book, I want it to be a New York Times bestseller. Why? Well, if you write a book, you write a book. Who cares? If you write a New York Times bestseller, You get to do Rosie and Ellen and the tonight, like all these shows will put you on. So he sat down and said, look, in order to be a New York Times bestseller, you must sell 20,000 books in the first two weeks. Now the algorithms changed, but that's what it was then. I thought, okay, well, at the time, my company, Discus Dental, was shipping to 100,000 dentists. And it just so turns out that 20,000 of those dentists were A and B dentists. Those were our best customers. So I said to him, what if I buy the book, 20,000 of them for my customers, I send them a little note thanking them for being such good customers. And then we give them the option to buy more books at a reduced rate. And of course, all the money will go to charity. He said, yeah, you can do that. Now, today you can't, but then you could. So I bought 20,000 books. I sent it to all my best customers. They then bought, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 more books, you know, at a discounted rate. And I became a New York Times bestseller overnight. Well, that's impressive. What was the main point you wanted to get across? Like when the reader picks up the book, what did you want him to her get out of the book? I mean, there had never been a book about about smiles. I wanted them to understand, you know, what's involved in a cos- in cosmetic dentistry and how you can have the smile you love. I mean, you look like you have beautiful teeth, but not everybody is born with pretty teeth. 
you know? So I wanted people to understand just like body for life. And there were all these fitness things on how to get in shape and be, you know, slim and fit and this and that. And the other thing, like I wanted people to know, you know, what they could do to have a beautiful smile. It's the most important thing. I mean, when people look at you, the first thing they notice is your smile. Nice. I absolutely agree with you. That's very important. And of course, so many people don't even know that they can do something. So, and it would be like easy fix for them. Like, you know, many people have a gummy smile. No one even tells that they can either get lip injection or they can get the gum surgery and it will actually make it better. But you know, it's the, you know, it's the, you know, it's the easiest thing to do for gummy smile. What? Botox. Oh, really? You do four injections. One, two, three, four, right here. It brings, look on my Instagram. I have many of them. Yeah, it brings the lip down. People don't even know that. And so many people struggle with it. Yeah. Incredible. And where can our listeners find you? Social handles, all the information? I mean, I'm probably the, I I know I have more followers than any other dentist in the world. But that being said, I still answer all my DMs myself. Me, personally. So if you want to reach me on Instagram, just go to Dr. Bill Dorfman, D-R, Bill, B-I-L-L, Dorfman. Do the blue one with the little verified thing because there's fake ones. But uh, if you send me a message, I promise it's me who answers. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Bill, for being my guest and sharing all your information. Can I share two more things real quick before we go? First of all, I I have this nonprofit. So if any of your listeners have children age 15 to 25, Mm -hmm. please have them check out LEAP. It's an amazing program. We do it both live and virtually. And, you know, we literally teach these kids skills for success. It's phenomenal. Also, my podcast is in the top two and a half percent of all podcasts in the world. It's called Meet the Mentor. And it's wherever you find podcasts. And it's really fun. And I've interviewed Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, um, Richard Branson, Paula Abdul, Kathy Bates. I mean, really, really, really great, fun people. So please, you know, if you're interested, listen to our podcast. And if you do, give us five stars. Nice. Thank you. Love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me as a guest. Yeah, thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.